Wednesday. Happy start to the week. We're going to be talking about manifesting your greatest life. This is triggering for some people. Some people don't agree with the way that this whole matrix system works. And then maybe this life just isn't for you. But I can't tell if I'm hot or cold, so I have one sleeve in and one sleeve out. What's up, everybody? Graham Rising. We're going to be, I have so many books around me. I was like, what do I want to read from today? Like, I, what's up, fam? I try to get in, inspiration from different things, and then I end up with 10 different things. Um, how is everybody doing? I'm always on time. I'm psychotic about being on time with things, so I'm always literally right on the dot. And it makes me slightly insane when people aren't on time. Small story. My agent, when I was doing acting and modeling and stuff and dance, she would say, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're already late. So I was always just like, that was a program that was programmed in me to always be on time. I'm never late unless it's, I'm going somewhere that I don't want to go. Then I'm late. But when I, when I want to show up, when I want to be present, I am always, always early. Grand Rising, everybody, did I miss something in here? That sleeve, I can't tell from hot or cold, so I'm like, one sleeve is in, one sleeve is out today. I woke up like 50-50. 50-50 going one way, like, uh, life, and then 50-50 going the other way, like, you're going to get up and you're going to fucking seize the day, right? <laughs> Same here. Um, I have, so someone asked me about Palestine, so I did make a post I think last week about it. And I've been reading a lot of people's posts about this and what their thoughts are and their opinions. And I think my post was yesterday that I posted that everybody deals with human suffering in a different way. And I think that we have to allow people to be exactly who they are and work through whatever it is that they're working through at the time that they're experiencing what's going on in the world. I think it does a huge disservice to all of us for people to expect something from someone else. We're all on our own journey, so therefore we all experience what is happening on this earth right now in very different ways. And we have to just accept that for people. Does that mean that I am not looking at it at all? Does that mean that I don't know what's going on? I know exactly what is going on. But my focus on this has been... Helping, helping to guide people to go on the inside of themselves, right? To figure out what is in their consciousness, what is in their mind, what is in their belief system. Because right now, this is being magnified. What is happening in the Middle East is being magnified. This has been going on for so many decades, hundreds of years. And the spotlight is on them right now. The spotlight was on Ukraine and Russia. The spotlight was on what was going on in Africa at one time. This is a pattern, and it's not to say that we ignore it. I don't believe in ignoring. I don't believe in ignoring human suffering, but I do believe in allowing people to unfold what is happening in the way that is best for them. And sometimes, it's, for a lot of people, it's not looking at it at all. It's not looking at anything that's happening at all. For other people, it's diving so deep into it that they are entrenched in this. And their entire life becomes dark because of it. For other people, it is doing work or activism. Go into rallies. Whatever it is within yourself 
that makes you feel useful as a human, or maybe you don't even pay attention to at all. I can't be the person that tells anybody what to do. I can only say what I'm doing for myself, which is working on my own consciousness. Right? Someone said 10,000 people are being killed in one month. What my question is to people is what is the call to action? So before I, I go off on this, because I could talk about this for a really long time, what is the call to action for this? We bring awareness to it. There's marches happening, right? There are protests going on. Where is that getting us? Where is that leading up to? Maybe it's leading up to something that really needs to happen that I can't publicly state. And I think most people know exactly what I mean. Maybe it does nothing. But if we all, if every single person that was on this earth right now worked on themselves, what would the world then look like? If we all learned how to heal. Today I'm reading from a book called The Inner Work. If we all healed our traumas that we have, what would the rest of the world then look like? That's really a genuine question. So as much activism as people want to display in their life, I'm glad you're ready for Manifesting Monday. So why, okay, that's a good question. So why did you bombard us about COVID for one? It wasn't for one solid year, it was for three. So let's just get that out in the open. Because with COVID and with the injections, people actually had a choice. People had a choice if they were going to partake in the medical system. People had a choice if they were going to partake in an experimental injection. So for me, what worked best for me was to enlighten people on the possibilities of what could happen if you put yourself into the medical system. If you injected yourself with an experimental injection, you had a choice in that. The people in the Middle East do not have a choice in being bombed or not. So my activism for that was helping give people a choice. I don't have a choice to give people that are being bombed in the Middle East and in other countries. I don't have a, I don't have a solution for that. Other than working on your own mind and consciousness and helping to ascend into higher levels of consciousness. But with this illness that happened for the last several years, people had a choice if they were going to partake in it or not. So that's where my stand differs. I can't solve the problems that have been going on for hundreds of years in the Middle East. I don't live there. But I can help people around the world by giving them information about what is in these injections, about what frequencies are going on out there. So people can know and understand, this is maybe the way that I feel, why I feel this way. This is maybe why I have rashes. This is maybe why I have joint pain. This is maybe why I'm losing my hair. Of course, we pray for the human suffering, but praying and manifestation are one and the same. Seeing the world in a different light. Guys, there's so much misinformation and, and the biggest problem is most people don't know the history of what's been going on, going on out over there. People don't know, and they only know which side they're supposed to pick because of propaganda, because of mainstream media news. That's it. 
There are very few people that actually know what's going on. One of them is Sequan Nifts. I don't know if he's still in here or not. Johnny knows the true history of what's been going on there. So I'll look to his words to see what he says. But the reality is, is we don't know what's been going on there for so long. It's only being broadcasted now and everybody's an expert on the Middle East. I am not. And I'll be the first person to say it. I can only say from what I feel intuitively. I can't say from what I know historically because I don't know. So I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers because I, I don't. Joe, I don't have all the answers. But I have wisdom of things that have worked for me in times of tragedy. It's not a hoodie. It's just, it's a sweatshirt and I'm hot and I'm cold. So I have one sleeve in and one sleeve out. Uh, seek oneness. He did an amazing thread on Israel and Palestine. I'll just tag Johnny in here because Johnny is, um, he is someone that is otherworldly, I can say. And he's going to be like, why are you tagging me in this? <laughs> but um, just a very, very highly intelligent being. And I trust his words. I trust his research. And I trust just the wisdom that he has from other realms of existence. Let's just put it that way. Joe Astrid, I love you. So we're going to get into the inner work. So I hope that that, <laughs> yeah, so I hope that that can answer people's questions regarding that and why I am not speaking about this every single day. I did find two videos that I really like that I'm going to post, but ultimately I don't have the answers. I don't know the history, so I can't pretend that I know the information, that I have all the information. I do not. And there's so many different sides, there's so many different psyops to this thing that people are getting trapped in that instead of instead of what we can do to better the world. Because realistically, I don't know the solution to help people there. We're not there. We can spread awareness. This is all people are focused on. Spread awareness, spread awareness. We've spread awareness for the last three years, just in particular. And so many people are still completely asleep. So spreading awareness, I don't know how much good that is doing other than spreading the awareness of darkness, which can then what? It can only boomerang more darkness into your reality. So I'm going to read from the inner work. And this is chapter nine, naturally not going from the beginning. Uh, the quote is, accept responsibility for your life. Know that it is you who will get you to where you want to go and no one else. We heal the world when we heal, heal ourselves. And that's the only... I'm saying, Joe, people want, want you to spread awareness of what's going on in the Middle East. And my question is then, what do you do after that? I don't consume the news for that reason. And there's many people that don't. And again, my, my video last night was about doing what is best for you in these difficult times on earth as earthly beings. You have to do what the fuck is good for you, not what someone else wants you to do or you're not doing enough and why aren't you speaking out and you, you have a platform and why aren't you doing this? Everybody just do what's best for you and mind your business. Okay. <laughs> Let me start reading about this. So this is about shame today, which I think is 
very fitting for what we're talking about. People want to shame others for the way they do or do not do things. And just like with COVID, just like with the injections, you're not a good human if you don't do X, Y, and Z. Oh, we're doing this for humanity. We're doing this for the, but everything was using shame, right? So our triggers of shame are rejection. <clears throat> Root program is I am unlovable. Transcendence is I am innocent. The most extreme of the mind's destructive beliefs in the delusion of sh is the delusion of shame. Shame stems from the lie that we are rejected, invalid, and beyond the graces of love and forgiveness. So if we just look at that sentence right there, we all have experienced this, especially the last three years with COVID. You're a grandmother killer. You're not, you're, you're selfish. All these things, they, these were all trying to put us in the mode of shame. So before we go on and continue to read, where is shame? The good old map of consciousness. Where is shame on the map of consciousness? Shame is the lowest in the survival paradigm. It is the lowest possible frequency is feeling shame. How many people feel shame over their sexuality? And they try to cover themselves up. They feel ashamed of it. How many people feel ashamed of what they look like? Maybe you feel like you're, you're overweight or you're a couple pounds overweight. Or maybe you feel that you're too skinny. Or maybe you don't want other people to feel insecure around you. Shame is the lowest frequency on the map of consciousness. And for the last three years, we were shamed into making decisions. Well, some people were. A lot of people were. Right? Guys, knock it off with the dumb shit in here. It believes itself to be unlovable, unwanted, a waste, and destined for an existence of suffering. Shame represents the complete opposite of the truth and is the ultimate forgetfulness of who we truly are. It can range from mild embarrassment, repression of our sexuality, racism, prejudice, all the way to feeling like the epitome of evil and cursed and rejected by divinity or God. The mind story of shame is most likely stemming from a past experience of being rejected, abused, or neglected to some degree by a supposed loving figure, usually parents, society, or religion. I was in church yesterday for my nephew's baptism. And the priest was super cool. I don't practice religion anymore, right? I'm spiritual. I believe in spirituality. I don't believe in organized religion. Um, the priest was really funny. He was actually, I think he was from Africa, possibly. He was awesome. Had an amazing personality. A lot of the things that he said was guilting and shaming people into doing the right thing for religion. In the name of religion. You know, Jesus, Jesus is watching you and he wants you to do A, B, and C. Jesus sees everything that you're doing. Everything was about feeling like guilt or shame. And my sister and I were just looking at each other because we're like, once you see it, you cannot unsee these things. I'm not bashing religion. You do whatever you want, whatever resonates with you, right? We do whatever resonates with us. This is not about me being right, you being wrong, you being right, me being wrong. This is about what you really feel for yourself that is right. And once I saw that, 
or listen to that, I was just like, wow, once you see this, you cannot unsee it. But programming, this religious program is built around guilt and shame. If you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be punished. If you don't do this, you're not following Jesus. You're not worshiping Jesus. Everything was about worship and Jesus is your savior. And again, this is not about religion. But once you see the programming that has been instilled in people in religion or even uh, politically, all these things, you cannot unsee it anymore. So going back. I believe Jesus wants us to keep his commandments so we will be happy. I think if we... So again, going back to the map of consciousness in spiritual paradigm, the highest on the spiritual paradigm or on the map of consciousness is enlightenment. And apparently there were only three beings that achieved this high level of enlightenment. One of them was Jesus Christ. Some people believe he was a real figure. Some people believe that he wasn't. Regardless of that, the level of consciousness, which would we would say Christ consciousness, or say Jesus was a man, he wasn't, from things that I've learned, he wasn't Jesus Christ. This is from Sikh Oneness has also, we've gotten into deep conversation about this. Jesus, <coughs> the Christ. Jesus attained the level of Christ consciousness. So Jesus Christ wasn't one person. Jesus, whoever this man, Jesus was, Yeshua, whoever you want to call the name, attained a certain level of consciousness known as Christ consciousness. So if there were only three beings that got to the level of enlightenment, I would say that that is what we are looking to achieve. Joe. More Uncle Neville. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jesus is the bright and morning star. And some people through astrotheology believe Jesus is the sun. There's so many different ways to look and view this. And I don't think any of us are wrong. We're all just on our journey of discovery or self-discovery. Religion is a program. Regardless how deeply instilled in us that religious programming is, it doesn't mean that it was the truth. It doesn't mean that it was truth itself. It's a programming like everything else on this earth. So how we view things differ greatly. I do, Joe, because I just see your comment and then I just... Yeshua may have hung out with Buddhist monks. I mean, who knows? He probably did. If he, if he reached that level of enlightenment, then yeah. Let me get back to reading again, because I always just go off on things. So it says the mind of the mind story of shame is most likely going back to our programming of our parents, of our religion, of caretakers, society. Because again, the societal pressure is what leads people to feel ashamed that they don't want to do anything, they don't want to ruffle any feathers. There's someone in my family that is always like afraid of what people are gonna say, like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh my God, really? I, I didn't mean to do that. Always apologizing for just being a human. Because that person is always just so afraid of what other people are going to say about them. And society programs people to feel that way. 
oh, I don't want this person. What's this person going to think if I do this? Well, if I say this, like, what, what are they going to, what are they going to say about me? We're shamed from every single angle of our existence. But it's all about that growth, the changing of our programming that is going to change our reality. That's going to shift our reality from living in shame, from living in self-doubt all the time, to not having the things that we truly want and desire because we're afraid of what society or family or whomever is going to think of us. When we shift that mindset, our reality shifts with it. When we say, I'm worthy of love every single day. I'm worthy of an amazing and happy life every single day. When we say, I am deserving of having an amazing job and having so much abundance. And we shift that mindset. Our reality around us shifts. When we look at things and see things as they should be, then the reality starts to reflect that. But if we constantly see things, I'm not good enough. This person's going to leave me. I know it. I'm always left. I've always been cheated on. So this person's going to cheat on me too. If we constantly come from these spaces, that is the only reality that we can create. Sometimes I feel like a broken record. Authenticity is the path towards ascension. John, I tagged you in here because I was telling people about your post about Palestine and Israel. Okay. Our innocent mind then believes itself to not be worthy of love and should be embarrassed and ashamed of itself or a particular aspect of the human condition that is being rejected. For example, religion, race, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation. In its mild form, shame is taught to us by parents, friends, or society telling us what we're allowed to be or not to be. So when we allow this to infiltrate, infiltrate our minds with shame, we're not living our life to the fullest. We are minimizing who we are. And I spoke about this before. I worked in the entertainment industry for so long, dancing, modeling, acting, and then I did hair and makeup, wardrobe, and... Having the job behind the camera made me minimize who I was for other people. A lot of the actresses, like I told this story before, there was a photographer that would not hire me as a makeup artist. He said, you would be too intimidating to the female models. And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, your personality, the way that you look, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you're built, you will make these models feel inferior. They won't do their best work. And that stuck with me for a while. And then when I started getting more jobs as a makeup artist and, and a hair and makeup artist behind the camera, I am an empath and I can read mine. So um, that was became very apparent to me. So I minimized myself. And there was a point in my life where I only wore black clothing. I only wore black clothing because I just wanted to be hidden, right? When I would do hair and makeup, I would wear baggy clothes. And that's not who I am. Like, I am an, an exhibitionist in ways. Like, I would rather be naked than wear clothes, right? But I allowed someone else's perception of me and what my offerings could potentially be or not be to minimize who I was. And so I am naturally 
Love you all within here. Apologize for my absence, but expanding has to be. Yes, John, we have to go live this week. Been there. Minimize oneself for others and fitting in. And a lot of times when I was on a job, my sister would say, you can't wear that tag top. You have to cover yourself more. I always had my skin out because I grew up as a dancer. Like that's just who I always was. But I then minimized myself for other people to make other people feel comfortable, right? So when we get into these habits, they do become programmings. Because why? It's something that's repeated all the time. So you just constantly remind yourself, no, I can't be big. I can't be bold. I can't be this. I can't be that. And so once I found my voice again, which was 2020, Lindsay says I've done this so many times. Around 2020, I left it all behind. And I found my voice again. I found who I was regardless of what people would say about me. I wasn't in an industry. I wasn't, I didn't have to worry about a job. I didn't have to worry about what anybody thought because I wanted to do what was, what I felt was the right thing to do to stand up for people, to stand up for people that didn't have the guts to do it. And that's the person that I always was. But when you put shame into the mix of things, you start to minimize yourself before you know it. You don't even know who you are. So how could you manifest the perfect life that you want when you're not even being your authentic self? So again, it's taught to us by parents, friends, or society telling us you have to be one way or the other. And I made a vow to myself that I would never minimize myself for anybody ever again. Not for a man. My ex was so jealous, hated my social media. Why are you posting this stuff? Who is this person commenting? If you have insecurities, that is your own fucking problem to deal with. I will never, and I hope that every person on here will never minimize themselves because of the thoughts of anyone else ever again. Write it down in your own handwriting as a vow. I vow to myself, right? Never will I minimize myself for anybody ever again. It doesn't matter what other people say about you. Because if you're too busy creating the life that you want, none of those things matter. I also vowed to never minimize myself, to not minimize myself. Funny how many friends disappeared. And that is the truth. People that no longer resonate with your boundaries will leave your life. And you have to allow that to happen. And it's very difficult because some of the connections are very, very deep connections, right? Some of them are very close ties. But we have to learn to let them go in order for our souls to expand to where they need to. During 2020, all these other things, I lost so many people. People are my closest friends that I danced with in Hollywood for a long time. One of them, I helped her so much with her crazy family life. And during 2020, my viral video, she commented publicly, who do you think you are? You're going to kill people by the things that you're saying. I'm so disappointed in who you are as a person. And what did I do? I had to let her go. And this was someone that was very meek, didn't talk a lot, didn't say a lot, but also someone that was very programmed by society, programmed by what other people thought of her. And what I do, I had to let go. We have to let go of these connections and attachments. I only have two close friends as well. It's okay. It doesn't matter how many friends you are. It's the, the, the quality of the people that are in our lives. It doesn't matter how many friends that you have. 
that's another societal thing. Like, oh, this person is so popular. Most of those people don't really have friends. They have acquaintances. It's all the letting go. This is the letting go. The last several years is about letting go and allowing yourself to be exactly who you want. It is modeled through mocking our skin color, hairstyle, dress, or appearance, unique gifts, personality traits, etc. To our impressionable mind, this teaches us that our innocent self should be different from what it is, thus making us feel ashamed for being ourselves. Racism and all forms of discrimination are rooted in shame. Anyone who has suffered the trauma of direct or systemic, or systemic racism will unfortunately have wounds in this theme. In religion... Shame may come from being taught to fear a God divinity that can reject, curse, and damn us to fiery hell of torture. The misunderstanding that this causes is to believe that even an all-loving God could reject us, thus creating an overwhelming feeling of worthlessness. In our religion, or in our times of learning religion, we were taught to feel guilt and shame all the time. You have to go and confess your sins. You have to say 10 Hail Marys and five Our Fathers as if that means shit to anybody. But it was all based around guilt and shame and fear. If religion is about loving and caring, why does our religion that talks about a loving God want to constantly keep us in the survival paradigm? Shame, guilt, apathy, grief. Why? Why? That is why I do not believe in religion. Because if we talk about the creator, loving God, and Johnny and I have talked about this too, about the polarities, about God being neither good nor bad. And there's so much to unpack because we've, we've been programmed so much to only learn one way. Your religious way. But, but religions believe in different things. It's a lot of the same theme. But some religions believe that Jesus never came to earth. So who's wrong? Who's right? It's all about your journey in life here. But also, when we deal with guilt and shame and we recognize that religion that's supposed to be based on love scares me into submission guilts me into submission and keeps me in a state of fear and shame how could I possibly love out of love instead of love out of fear I have to love my God out of fear because if I don't and I do the wrong thing then I'm going to go to hell that's not loving from a state of love or high state of consciousness that's loving from a state of fear like in in a Bronx tale is it better to be loved or feared right feared keeps people controlled love keeps people in expansion fear keeps people in restriction so if your religion is keeping you in a state of fear shame and guilt you're not living the expansive life full of love and high vibration you are living in restriction, which is the opposite of what love really is. So creepy thinking back to this young girl going into a room with one or two old men 
She's never met and confessing her deepest and darkest sins. I mean, how nuts is that? And I don't want to get into this, but all the while, these priests are raping children. And they're confessing, you're confessing your sins to them. But we're not going to get into that, guys. I don't want to get into all this. <laughs> Did you tell this priest this? No, Joe, but I was literally just sitting there looking at him. And I'm like, everybody's got to learn at their own pace. If they ever learn at all, that's not up to us, right? We can only do our best. This went a little bit of a different direction today, but um, I think it's okay. Okay. Shit. <laughs> I gotta get off in like two minutes because I have an appointment that I have to go to that I totally forgot about. Shame, so we'll just do this last bit. <laughs> Shame, when taken to its extreme, drives all grotesque experience of life. Suicide, murder, Okay, let's read this. Hold on. Back up. Shame, when taken to its extreme, drives all grotesque experiences of life. Suicide, shame. Murder, shame. Genocide, shame. Rape, shame. Hate crimes, torture, etc. In a twisted form of narcissism, the ego of shame tests divine love by becoming completely vile in order to see if it will still be lovable. And I met somebody in the last year that lives in a state of shame. And this person will do things to hurt someone, to push them away, to say really mean things to them, to try and hurt them, to see if they will still be lovable. And that's a person that lives in a state of shame. When you're constantly pushing someone away, when you're constantly doing things to hurt them, to see how, if you are still lovable. So we could see how our reality manifests based on our inner feelings about ourselves, which could be shame, which could be doubt, which could be abandonment, all these things. We see exactly how that factors into the reality that we create over and over again. What book is this, please? <laughs> this is called Inner Work. The Inner Work. Sorry. This. The Inner Work. And I'll put that in the, in the caption, too. So I think we can stop there for today. But again, when we want to have our best life, it does not live in the survival paradigm. If we are living in the sur survival paradigm every day, we will never be able to live our greatest life. That's a good perspective, though, and makes me have more compassion for those people because it was inflicted by messing with holistic DNA blood. I'm saving this live, yes? Yes, guys, okay? Um, so when we understand... <laughs> when we understand the map of consciousness, which is so important... That's when we'll realize, like, where are we really living every day? Oh, I'm living in love. Like, no, you're not. Love is in the spiritual paradigm. Love, love, love means I walk, live, and embody love every day. I send love out into the universe every single day. I live in that blissful state. 
I don't know that there's anybody in here that does that and it's not because that's a dig at anybody but it's because it is a very very high level of spirituality or enlightenment that I think we can get to right but right now a lot of humanities live in the survival paradigm we have to do better than this so I'll put both books. This is my journal that I created called Love More. This is not my map of consciousness, though. Um, and the other book is The Inner Work, which I will post in my captions. But I love you guys. And I gotta run today. I'm doing EMDR. And I forgot about my appointment. So I gotta go. I love y'all, and I will repost this.